Hello, America and the world. To all our listeners out there, I'm the host, Mark Dunnigan, and this is The Daily Answer. I have probably taken a look at this before, but I wanted to take a look at Genesis 3 once again, the first few verses, and look at some things that maybe I hadn't talked about, oh, a couple years back. Now, the serpent was more cunning, Genesis 3, 1, than any animal of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God really said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. For God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will become like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves waist coverings. I wanted to walk through this original, and I would argue, ongoing temptation. Over the years, I pondered Satan's statement to Eve. God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open. And you'll know good and evil. Well, that sounds pretty good. But the devil's a liar. And often there's a double-edged sword in whatever he says. In fact, he doesn't deliver what he promises. When he says God knows, I think the thought there, the insulation is that God is holding out on you. He doesn't have your best interest in mind. He's trying to keep you from something that's a lot of fun and meaningful, and he's against you having a good time. There's a number of people that have bought into that lie, that when God tells you don't do that, it's because God's trying to keep you from fun. No, God's trying to keep you from misery. It says your eyes will be opened. That is, I offer you enlightenment while God keeps you in the dark. That's a common temptation today, right? Where many people kind of spread the propaganda that, well, the Bible's like the Dark Ages. That's Dark Ages information. It's unscientific. It's backward. It's rural. It's, you know, you're being repressed right now. If, if you got a mom and dad who are Christians and they want you to go and worship God and study the Bible, man, you're being repressed and you don't even know it. And you're a victim. And so Satan says, follow me and I will empower you. I will open your eyes and enlighten you. That's still an ongoing temptation. Walk away from God and stop believing what the Bible says and start listening to human wisdom and you'll you really see what's going on. You'll be like God or you can be God. You can be independent of God. You can call all the shots. You can determine reality. You can be anything you want to be. 
Well, that's an ongoing temptation. Knowing good and evil. I'm not sure what all, I mean, sometimes Satan says things that are just obscure enough that if your mind goes a certain way, it's like, well, well, that sounds like a good thing. Okay. But it could be a horrible thing as well. First of all, Adam and Eve already knew good and evil. That is, they already knew the difference between good and evil. They knew that to obey God was good and to disobey him was wrong. They knew that. And so they, you know, they already have a fundamental understanding of morality and right and wrong, being made in God's image. They already know that. But there ha there's something else going on here. And it could be the idea of you get to determine good and evil. Instead of being subject to moral laws or subject to a lawgiver where you're under the law, you can be the lawgiver. You can be the one giving the laws that other people have to keep. In addition, in addition there might be the idea of some hidden mystical knowledge in breaking God's law. You know, God doesn't want you partaking of that fruit because that's going to open up some doors where you're going to get the upper hand on him or a co-equal with him or he's going to be threatened by that and you know there's things that you really know there and he's trying to keep you from that and as if in breaking God's law they're going to discover some fantastic truth or secret that that happiness lies in the forbidden yeah happiness lies in pursuing what is taboo as I consider this overall temptation, it appears to me that it's just as active and alive today. People are being told, you can determine reality. You can set the rules. You can be a god. In fact, there's an entire movement out there called transhumanism, which is the belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond its current physical and mental limitations, especially by science and technology, virtually to the point that people are being told, you know, just hang in there because it's not going to be that long before we solve the problem of death. You know, we can do that with our science and technology. You know, we can get rid of the aging process. We can get rid of, and you're going like, wow, because you're up against the loss of thermodynamics with that one, man. Um, but we can, we can solve that. And you can live forever, that is physically, in a physical body, which I don't know if people have really thought through that. If it would be a great thing to live, if you could not die, but your body gradually decayed, but you could not die. That sounds more like hell on earth than any sort of good thing. And so, and, and as someone talked about that, I think one of the people listening to them said, what well, sounds like you're claiming that we can be God. And the person said, well, yeah. We're going to be gods. We're, we're eventually going to evolve in the gods. We're going to enable the human race to become divine beings, eternal beings. Well, as far as I can see, there are only three possible ways by which right and wrong can be established. 
First of all, the individual would determine right and wrong, yet that has inherent problems. It is evident that human beings don't live long enough, are not smart enough, and are too fallible to determine morality. In addition, we have too many dark motivations that cloud our judgment when we're left on our own. You know, when the Bible agrees with that, Jeremiah 10, 23, it's not within man who walks to direct his steps. Proverbs 3 warns about leaning upon your own understanding, like verse 5 and 6. And the book of Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25 also warns there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. Left to ourselves, we do poorly without God. In fact, read Romans 1, 18 through 32. Or 1 Corinthians 1, 21, the world through its wisdom did not know God. Societies and cultures that move away from God become brutal. Human life becomes cheap. Truth vanishes and everyone lies all the time. Yeah, look at some look at some of the cultures today out there and anything's justified. Look at the cultures out there where God is not at the center, the God of the Bible, and that's not the foundation. Okay? Untrustworthy, you can't do business there. And any sort and, and they justify whatever they do. Might makes right. You know, Jeremiah 8 verse 9 warns it says you know, here are individuals that have rejected God. They've rejected God's word. They've rejected God's truth and God's wisdom. And then the Holy Spirit says, and so what wisdom do they have? Man, that's a great question. A point that is repeatedly proven on the news every evening and morning. In other words, even non-Christians have observed we're not the masters of our own houses. Our motivations and feelings and judgment are easily clouded without God and his truth. Stray from God and you and I become soft targets, easily deceived and easily misled. Ephesians 4 verse 14. One writer rightly observed when people say, we create our own values, we determine reality. Okay, who do you mean by the we? In the statement, we create our own values. Which part of you are you talking about? Are you talking about the good, faithful, dependable you? Or the live for yourself, burn all my bridges, sacrifice everything for a bowl of pottage you? Which we are you talking about? Because both of those potentials are within you. You know, one of the communists in the Soviet Union, one of the early ones, observed, we thought we could get rid of God and yet retain the values, the, the value of human beings. We woke up too late. All right. Second option, the group determines morality. Yeah, whatever the 51% want, want, that determines truth. Okay, but what if the group heads off toward the deep end? And that's happened more than once in history. The Bible warns about that danger and that multitudes, the crowd, and the majority consensus do not guarantee you are on the right path. Exodus 23 verse 2, do not follow a multitude to do evil. There's a good reason that law is there. 
because people will do things in a multitude. People will do things in a mob that they would never do as an individual. And what I'm talking about, evil things. When a mob gets going, people will do things that they would not have done if it was just them. There is a sense that the multitude is not a guarantee of like truth or rightness. The multitude can be a guarantee of evil. The multitude does not elevate. The multitude degrades. Look at, look at the rioters out there. Look at the protesters out there. Yeah, the, the, their safety, there is a safety in numbers, but it's the safety to do the wrong thing. It's covered to do the wrong thing. It justifies you doing the wrong thing. And I think that's that, that's one of the dangers of the internet right now is that, you know, it used to be in times past that if you were involved in pornography, the idea was you were a, a degenerate, you were a creep, you were a pervert. But with everything online now and people saying, well, yeah, I'm doing that too, it gives people the false sense that they're not a pervert. Now, the reality is they are, and there's a lot of them out there. But somehow people get this idea like, well, if other people are doing perverted things, then that means that if I do it, I'm not a pervert too. No, you're just one of many perverts. That's the danger of the crowd. Popularity and truth are two separate things. Matthew 7, Jesus clearly said, the way is narrow that leads to life and few there be that are on that way. Not because it's not because God is trying to intentionally keep people from finding it, but because that way demands what a lot of people are unwilling to provide, honesty, personal morality, unselfishness, sacrifice. All right. Well, we only have one choice left then. If the individual does not determine right and wrong, and if the majority of the human race does not determine right and wrong, then someone outside the human race has to determine it. And that's the only viable choice left. Right and wrong, values, morality, and the fundamental value of the individual human life come from the transcendent. They come from the creator. And they come from God. This has been your host, Mark Dunnigan. This has been another episode of The Daily Answer. And until next time, we'll see you in the funny papers.